Hello and welcome to Carlos and Lisa. I'm Lisa Remillard. And I'm Carlos Amesquitz. Nice to have you with us. Have you heard of Zoomtown? I have actually, have you? Well, you know, everybody's zooming away from cities. I think that's what's going on here. That's Because exact- people are tired of living in the city. I mean, it's not just, you know, you hear the stories about it happening, happening a lot in New York where, you know, people are just mass exodus out of New York City because of the congestion and because they don't actually have to be in the city to work anymore because everybody's doing their jobs from Zoom. So they're all moving out to the country. Well, it's happening in Southern California as well in a yeah. big way. These Zoom towns are popping up in Lake Tahoe and Lake Arrowhead and folks that were even in Temecula of all Temecula is booming, yeah. Booming, because people don't have to be in Los Angeles proper anymore or go into an office in Los Angeles. They can just do it from home. So why not be in a lovely remote area? Yeah, I mean, if you can do your job like we're doing it, you know, you're in your, your location, I'm in my location, and we're, and we're uh, about 75 miles apart. Mm-hmm. And so this, this is the thing, is it, it's become a thing where, uh, for example, uh, it's not only just in Southern California, but like, for example, Franklin, Tennessee, outside of Nashville is booming. Uh, uh, you go up, you go to Georgia, the, the Atlanta suburbs are also booming. And Microsoft just decided in up in, I guess, in Seattle, that people could stay home. I mean, permanently. So why not live in the place that you love, like you vacation in Lake Tahoe, you mentioned, uh, who wouldn't want to live in Lake Tahoe? No, true story. So my, I have a very, very good friend, who works um, in Atlanta and she works for one of those big companies and media companies in Atlanta. And she says to me, I am really considering moving to Tulum, Mexico to continue (laughs) to produce for the shows in Atlanta. And I was like, what is going on? Well, you can, you can actually do that. I mean, very, very well, the technology, thank goodness. I mean, who, I, I remember Skype. When we yeah. started this, Skype was a thing. It was I never heard of stuff. Zoom. Zoom like was not a work. thing. Yeah. But Zoom now is the thing. And so, uh, first of all, lawyers can work from home. Sure. TV producers can work from home. If you're a writer, you can work from home. If you're an insurance agent, you can work from home. You have the way the, this this whole judges, technology thing, which is helping you out. Judges are working from home. They're having court from Zoom. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, so my question is now, where would you go? Where would your Zoom town be? Hmm. That's what I. That's that's the question. Do you have an answer to that? I might reveal mine. My my. I think that I would like, and I know it's super cliche, but I think I would like to live in Hawaii and be able to be there where it's calm and. Uh, yeah, the, you like Maui, yeah. don't you? you Island like time and yeah. just you know hang out, do the Carlos Alicia show there. Although I will say the cost of living is quite expensive. (laughs) That might be hurting me, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, one of my favorite places on the whole planet is Sundance, Utah. It's Robert Redford's resort. And, uh, you know, I went to school up there. So uh, I used to go up there to to oil paint, to take photographs, to fish, uh, to just get away in, in the nature, play my guitar. And that to me is like heaven on earth. It's a, it's a little tiny valley, yeah. giant mountains all around. It's very secluded, very isolated. But, no people around. Yeah, but you in the snow, I just, those, that, that just doesn't go hand in hand for me. I, you know, I, I, as you know, I love the beach. I love the ocean. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in San Diego and that's my thing. But those mountains really call to me. It's like, I could live, I could do that. 
I could do so, that maybe. And maybe part of the year, you know, when it really starts to heavily snow, I uh, go to San Diego for a while and, and I would probably go to Alpine instead of going to the beach. Yeah. Just right. to kind of get away, just to be by myself or, and, you know, have my loved ones around me and that's it. See, but here's the here's the thing is you're not the only one with that idea. And that's the downside now that we're seeing of these Zoom towns is that everybody is trying to get away mass exodus from big cities or expensive yeah. states. But now all of these little kind of beachy or resort or quaint mom and pop towns are starting to get overrun with city folks. And you can't even rent a house or buy a house because they're all gone. Yeah, I have a friend who lives in Lake Arrowhead. He moved there just for that reason. He he wanted to just be in a quiet place where there wasn't a lot of people. And and all of a sudden he started noticing that the grocery store was wall-to-wall people every single day. Uh, he went to church. Church was jammed with people. The, 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 the roads around Lake Arrowhead were starting to be bumper-to-bumper traffic all the way around the lake. Like, what is that all about? That's not Lake Arrowhead. That That's crazy. That's like being in a city with pine trees. It completely defeats the purpose <laughs> yeah. of the vacation resort Zoom town. So, uh, yeah, it's a thing. I mean, I know lots of real estate agents are very busy, believe it or not, in the pandemic, trying to relocate people out of big cities into these smaller Zoom towns. I you know what I just thought? Yeah, I just thought of something. You ready? I can't wait. Everybody leaves L.A., it's better for us. <laughs> I'll have a better city to live in. Then you know, there won't be anybody right left. <laughs> Just stay put. There you go. The Carlos and Lisa Show brought to you by Lisa in Hawaii and Carlos in Sundance, Utah. We'll be right back. When someone says please or thank you or yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, you know that they were raised properly. And one person making sure that all children have this sort of proper training is Bernadette Fernandez. She's the head of Imagine Etiquette and Image Consulting. Bernadette, good morning. Nice to have you with us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're very welcome. Now look at me being overly polite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's This is really interesting to me because, you know, we've lost a lot of the politeness in our world. Our world's become very coarse very informal and 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 not nice and you're bringing nice back tell me how what what prompted you to do this well six and a half years ago i started imagine etiquette and image consulting inc for the sole purpose of helping our kids uh, have better manners and to create self-esteem and self-worth and two programs that I created years ago was my etiquette program and my SIVA program, which stands for self-esteem, value, and awareness. Now, oddly enough, a lot of educators were telling me not to use the word etiquette because it was too proper or upper class. And see, for me, etiquette embodies integrity, character, proper manners, respect, self-esteem, and confidence. I noticed that in, in it, that sometimes when you go into a classroom, they they recite affirmations, so it gives them a sense of worth, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And my class, most of my students, if not all of my students, recited the ten daily affirmations that I prepared for them, and it's just to build confidence and respect and manners. I am beautiful. I am handsome. I am worthy of all good things. So tell me, tell me how what your process is. How do you how, how does someone contact you and what do you do when they say, we need some of this in our community? 
Well, we I start with, first of all, you can go to my website, imagineet.com. Mm-hmm. And on our website, we have everything. We have a calendar, which not is not only for our students, it's for our educators and parents. So we're running a program now. It's our SEBA After School Enrichment Program. It's designed for pre-K, um, students pre-K through 12th grade. And we also have an internet safety workshop for our parents, which I have a 16-year-old daughter, and trust me, if I was in this program six and a half years ago, I wouldn't have known all of the things that our kids are doing online and how vulnerable they are. And if I can pivot back to my um, after-school enrichment program, we are also offering scholarships um, beginning October 1st. And for our students who may not be able to afford our programs, we want to make sure that everyone has our programs because I'm not in schools anymore due to the pandemic. And a lot of my students have been really disappointed about that. So the old adage about teaching them young and they will never stray far from that, that that has to be something that you really believe in. Oh, I absolutely do. And I and I believe in academics as well. Don't get me wrong. But I believe that we have moved away from teaching the whole child. And just, I mean, honestly, after kids graduate from high school and college, grades won't matter. What matters is their character, their integrity, and their self-respect for themselves and others. Tell me That's a little tell me a little bit about your those who have graduated from what have you seen in their life what what life changes are you able to notice in in young people Well most of my students cuz I stay in contact with a lot of my babies the majority <laughs> of them are very appreciate appreciative of my uh, me teaching them about adulting skills life skills. I teach my students about finance, business finance, what is a FICO score. I do get into dining etiquette because we need that too. But my students have been really, really successful. And it really is the students that people thought weren't going to be successful. A lot of my kids that are in schools, college may not be the option for them. And for some of my students where college was an option, they felt like when they graduated from high school and went to college and graduated from college, that they had more to begin their life with. They knew how to go to a bank and open up an account without their parents being with them. So my programs are very valuable, very. I, I know that in some schools that I have visited around the country and here in Los Angeles as well, for example, Bourbon Day, they, they make their young men wear ties and, sh- and yes. jackets to, to school and please and thank you is very important. Etiquette is, pr- is a primary part of their education. Yes. How important is that in, in, in a classroom setting? I think it's even more important in a classroom setting. I feel like a lot of students today do not respect um, the teachers. And a lot of teachers don't respect the students as well. So I'm not going to put it all on the students. I think if etiquette is taught, it's something that my mother used to always say, respect is given if you give it. So uh, etiquette is very important to have in classrooms. You mentioned your mother, and, and I assume that, that there's, there's a little bit of Southern uh, in, your, in your background that would say, this is the way I was taught as a young girl. Yes. Well, my program was pretty much created based on how my mother raised me. That's my curriculum. Uh I grew up having to respect. I knew that when adults were having a conversation that I couldn't just interrupt my, uh, the adults that were talking that I had to say, excuse me. I knew that if I asked for something, it was please. And if someone provided something to me, it was thank you. And I'm raising my daughter the same way. I mean, she still writes thank you cards for gifts. She knows how to be memorable and be respectful. 
Well, I grew up in Southern California where etiquette was not a big thing. It was very casual here in Southern California. And I was exposed to the Southern way of life when, when I married my wife, who's from Florida. And everyone was, I said, everyone is so nice and so polite. It's, it's different. That part of the country has really, that the, they've instilled that politeness. And it doesn't matter what your social status is. Everyone it seems to be able to adhere to to an etiquette standard that's very, very much a part of the culture. It is, it is. And I think they should be a part of, of all of our culture. And I think that we need to start with our children. Like I said, adults, we, we've lost our way and we need to, um, to teach our kids the proper way of speaking and actually just being respectful of one another. So again, I want I want my parents to know that if you go to my website, if you don't mind me saying, at imagineet.com, we have a calendar. And like I said, our calendar is a full service calendar. It's for educators, it's for parents, it's for students. And sign your kids up for our etiquette programs, our life skills, our empowerment programs. And that's yes. imagineet.com. Imagineet.com. Bernadette Fernandez, thank you so much. I appreciate thank so much you spending some time with us and, and best of luck to you. And hope folks will, will tune in and say, hey, I want that. I want that. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much. Look how polite we are. Hmm. I know, right? <laughs> the world of electric vehicles is changing. It's changing so radically that you hardly recognize the vehicles on the road. One such product is coming from Soriano Motori. It's an electric motorcycle that's unlike anything you've ever seen. Marco Soriano is a founder of this amazing company and these great designs. Welcome, Marco. Nice to have you with us. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. This these, these motorcycles that you've created are beautifully designed. They are they 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 hearken to a time when it's just so luxurious and so full of great design elements. It's like the Ferrari of motorcycles. Absolutely. And I'm very flattered when people say this because. One of my biggest idols was always Enzo Ferrari, right? And we're actually manufacturing right next door to him. <laughs> so it kind of becomes iconic in, in so many different ways that we are applying the same type of mentality in terms of detail and artisanal work, hand, hand craftsmanship right? these bikes. So thanks. It's, it's interesting to me that uh, the European flair for the motorcycle has become so popular in America. Ducatis are everywhere and you see a lot of really high-end uh, very expensive motorcycles in the U.S. It went where it was just used to be just Harleys. Yes, right. Well, well different approach. Thing Harley Davidson when they started out with their tough guy approach uh, was resonating with a lot of the people from that generation. Today's generation seems to be a bit different, as as you may have imagined. So we're trying to appeal to that as well. And appealing to that comes from design, very artisanal in an artisanal way. So they can, they can understand the, the details of the lines, the, the interior of the bike. I think all of that, those elements add so much more value to the client. Now, I've driven a, an electric vehicle. In fact, I test drove some of the early Tesla uh, cars. And I found that the, one of the frustrating parts of driving an electric vehicle is that it had two, two speeds, stop and go really fast. <laughs> you had to go all the way down. And, get, and, and there was no gearing. And it seemed very unnatural, uncomfortable. You've changed that. You've solved that problem with your, with your motor design. Tell me about that. Yes, absolutely. So one of the biggest complaints was that, in fact. So what I told our engineers is that we needed to be a traditional motorcycle powered by electricity. 
Nothing else changed. So we're not a scooter. We're a real motorcycle with real friction, real torque, five gears, one single back in case you need to get out of a you know bad situation, uh, and so on. So we're adding a lot of technology. And, and on top of that, we added sound. This is something important because EVs do not have the sound. Right. So we added the options to have the silence, to have the revving, if you're you're really craving for that revving of the engine, <laughs> but also the sound of the future. And the sound of the future is going to be something along the lines of Star Wars or something of the sort. I think people are going to get it. Oh, that's, that is such a cool idea. I love that idea. And, and the, the notion that you've got five gears and you've got a reverse gear and you've got this flex engine that's liquid cooled. Uh, where did that idea come from for you? Well, I think part of it is, is in the DNA, right? We were engineering engines back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s. <laughs> I don't want to take credit for that. But today, when I looked at the history of our legacy, I wanted to do something along those lines. So I told our team during brainstorming, we need to invent an engine that will really make sense. Performance has to be higher, strong torque, but we need to conserve energy because obviously we're using electricity, which is different than gas. So we came up with a dual engine which helps you ride through the cities, urban areas, or if you have to hit the highway and be able to perform at the, at the velocity and the range that you want. You're a man of great style. I can see that by looking at you. And of course, style and, and the upscale market of, of this motorcycle is really important to, to the brand that you've created. Tell me a little bit about the family, the club that you've created uh, to kind of wrap the customer around uh, your product. Great. This is a great story because Soriano is actually a breed of a cat. It's a tabby cat, right? So when you are a cool person, you're a cool cat. This is <laughs> so we created the Soriano Club to allow people to be part of, of everything that we have, right? Hotels, access to events, restaurants, nightclubs. And, and, and it's not just the bike itself, but you're a part of a bigger community, part of what the family does globally as a business. And I invite, you know, all of our bike owners to be uh, members if you don't have the time for the bike then you can still be a member and learn about the history so all right so are you in production now when do you expect to see them on the road we're producing so we're homologating right now which means we we need to go through a process to make sure that everything is street legal that should end in about 30 days we're going to be doing a virtual tour to everybody around the globe so that they can see the bike come virtually at this point by uh, the middle of November. Production will start maybe in December. We'll start delivering to all of our clients worldwide sometime between February, March, and April. And I hear you're gonna have a big party. In, you're gonna have a big party in Rome. Uh, am I invited? In Rome, no, in, in Milan. You're invited to that one. Oh, in Milan. Okay, I got my Roman, I got my Italian cities mixed up. Of course, Milan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not too far away is Maranello, where the Ferraris are made. So there you That's go. Correct. It's, it's a That's perfect, correct. a perfect place to have a, a party. Uh, listen, uh, Marco Soriano, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate that information. And and how do you buy a how do you buy a, a motorcycle? What's the plan? Very easy. Today, consumption of anything, you have to do it online. So we have a very good platform, very secure. We, we actually integrated ourselves with uh, Coinbase, which also is accepting cryptocurrencies, in wow. case you want to venture into that. But we we're, have we're our own platform. You go, you set up a portal, you, you pick your own bike, design it, tell me exactly how you want it, and then I'll send it door to door to you. Well, it's a very simple process. Fantastic. And the price range is where? What, how much do they cost? 
you're looking at three different models, low tier. So we have the, let's say the ABCs, right? The, the top tier is 32 grand and it goes down to 25 grand. But it's, it's valid to say and keep in mind that you can get rebates and incentives from the state and the federal government in the U.S. for buying an EV. And that can go anywhere from four to $7,000. So we're gonna inform the client how to do that too after buying our motorcycle clearly so that you can get that money back. Soriano Motori, the sound look of the future. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. Take care. This portion of Carlos and Lisa is brought to you by Scan Health Plan. We're back once again with our friends from Scan Health Plan. As you've learned here, Scan is a local nonprofit Medicare Advantage health plan for people who are eligible for Medicare. Our friends at Scan join us regularly to provide important Medicare information and updates for our viewers who are 65 and older. We've heard from them a number of times about the importance of finding a local licensed health insurance agent who can help folks get signed up for Medicare and then help them select the right Medicare plan for their healthcare needs. And David and Holly from SCAN are here with us once again. Welcome back. Hi, Carlos. On a previous segment with you, we were joined by Dr. Sachin Jain, who is not only a physician, but he's also the SCAN Health Plan's CEO and president. And when I asked him what the most important thing that people 65 and over should do at this time of year, you know what he said? The one thing I would recommend to you as a physician and as the child of seniors is your flu shot. Well, I did some research and according to the Centers for Disease Control, flu shots reduce the risk of flu by 40 to 60% among the overall population. And I suppose that is why SCAN is advising people on Medicare to get their flu shots. That's right, Carlos. A vaccination is the best protection against the flu and doctors recommend that everyone six months or older get a seasonal flu vaccine each year by the end of October. Since SCAN Health Plan's 220,000 members are folks over 65, our focus is on reminding all seniors of the importance of getting that immunization. Get it now, because getting a flu shot can keep our senior population out of the hospital at a time you really don't want to be there. And it can make sure doctors and other healthcare workers are able to focus on treating the patients who need them most. And the good news for all of your viewers who have Medicare, the shot is free. No deductible, no copay. If you have it administered by a doctor or pharmacist who accepts Medicare. So Holly, talking about those free flu shots or people on Medicare, some folks are, you know, are uncomfortable discussing their age. And I know you've been very open about sharing your experiences as a person who receives Medicare benefits. And since you are not shy about your age, we watched you get your annual flu shot, right? Yes, you did, Carlos. Since I am 72 and a member of the baby boomer generation, you thought it would be valuable if I shared my experience as a Medicarian and how I went about scheduling and receiving my seasonal flu shot. I do get that injection every year because it makes good sense for adults 65 and older because we are more likely to develop serious complications from the flu. Like all of her contemporaries with Medicare coverage, Holly had the option of choosing where she got that no-cost shot. We encourage all of our SCAN members to visit their primary care physician or go to their local pharmacy to receive their injection, whichever option is most convenient for them. In Holly's case, she chose to visit her primary care 
physician's office. I did. And before we show you how brave I was, it's important to point out that I took the appropriate steps for keeping myself and others safe prior to entering the office. I wore my mask. I took my temperature at home to make sure I wasn't wear, running a fever, and I made sure that I washed my hands in the washroom prior to entering the office. As a Medicare recipient and a SCAN member, I made my appointment and showed my SCAN card and my Medicare card when I checked in. The office staff and the safety precautions that they had in place made me feel confident and safe during my visit. Dr. Fishbein, before you give me my injection, what advice would you have for people over 65 about the importance of getting their flu shot this year? Especially this year, I'm, I'm a really big proponent of everybody getting a flu shot. It's really indicated now in anybody from six months of age on up. We're giving high dose flu shots to people who are over the age of 60. Oh, and really? So that's something that we're doing on a routine basis as well. Um, so I think it's extremely important. As you can see, Carlos, I braved the experience. And one last reminder, a flu shot is affordable, convenient, and goes a long way towards protecting my health and the health of others now more than ever. Well done, Holly, and yes, you were very brave and a great example for our viewers. We should also point out that it is currently Medicare's annual enrollment period where Medicare beneficiaries can enroll in or change their current health care coverage. David, what should we know about this annual enrollment period? That's a very important reminder, Carlos. This is that time of year when Medicareans should be reviewing their plan options and making sure that they are receiving all the benefits that they're entitled to. And as you know, while we think SCAN provides excellent healthcare coverage and is one of the best options for your viewers on Medicare, another very consistent message to relay to your viewers is about the importance of finding a local health insurance agent who represents all of the Medicare plans available in their neighborhood. Only by working with those independent agents can you be sure that you are signing up for the right plan for your specific healthcare needs. Using SCAN as an example, is there anything new in your Medicare Advantage prescription drug plan for 2021 for SCAN members? We've made a number of enhancements to our coverage for 2021, but one that I think is very relevant is for people with diabetes. We've significantly lowered the cost for our insulin-dependent members. For diabetics, they'll enjoy a fantastic cost savings as members of our balance plan. But again, their local health insurance agent can provide all of the information on the plans and benefits offered by SCAN and all the other plans. And I think it's important to remind my baby boomer colleagues that there is no charge to them when they reach out to a local independent agent. The agent is compensated by the Medicare Advantage plan that they enroll their clients in. Well, once again, you provided a wealth of information for our viewers. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback from Medicareans who followed the advice you both have provided on our previous segments. What will we talk about in our next visit? Next time, we want to address our comments, not only to seniors, but we'll talk a bit about the role that a loved one can play in helping someone eligible for Medicare navigate the system. In the same way that we turn to our younger family members to help us with the use of our technology, we'll discuss how those youngsters can assist their parents and grandparents in their Medicare journey. 
We look forward to that. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to your next segment. And Holly, congratulations on successfully getting your flu shot and being a great example to all of us. Till next time, stay healthy. Thank Thanks, you, Carlos. Carlos. You know, more and more people are taking stock of their financial situation and wondering what they can do to fix it. And they are fixing it. How are they doing it? Well, we've invited Walter Birch, Editor-in-Chief of the Debt Relief Center, to kind of explain the process. Hi, Walt. Hi, Carlos. It's good to be with you. Uh, it, it's, it's so important for people, especially during COVID-19 and the pandemic, not just to coast along and pay high interest debt. It becomes so costly and it's become so clear to people that it's more harmful than ever to their family. More and more people are finally throwing up their hands and saying, look, I paid my bills my entire life. I've paid these original debts many times over in high interest rates. It is time to take care of myself and my family, put my family first, and they're reaching out for help to find out what help is available. And basically there are structured debt reset programs that allow you to combine all your high interest debt into a single lower payment. But they do reach out for help and they can do it online just by filling out, answering a few simple questions and seeing what relief is available for them. I didn't realize that credit card companies actually offered a process like this. Well, you know what, really what it is, it's not the credit card companies themselves. These are structured debt relief providers who work on your behalf with credit card companies. But basically, all debts don't qualify for these debt relief programs. For instance, a home or auto loan do not, but almost all other debts do. So if you've got a credit card, a store card, a balance transfer card, in many cases, medical bills, personal loan debts, collections, you, the, the list of debts goes on and on that qualify for relief because they're unsecured. They're not backed by collateral. Because if you have those types of debts, you can find out, especially if they're high interest, if those interest rates can be reduced or even if the creditor might be willing to resolve the debt for less. And again, this is not a program for people who are financially just, just doing extremely well and they wanna walk away from debts. It's for programs for people who are facing a genuine hardship. Might be a loss of a job, medical bills, layoff, all these things that are, could be very well associated with COVID-19. And it is happening more and more all over what the country. Does this actually help improve people's credit score? Because I'm sure a lot of people are hurting right now in that regard. Okay, really good question. And this is, this is something that's important to deal with. Debt relief programs can affect your credit depending on the program that you have, but they may not affect your credit at all. For instance, a debt management program where you combine all your debts into one lower payment can be noted on your credit report, but it doesn't necessarily affect your credit score at all, which is really a breath of fresh air for a lot of people who are thinking that debt programs will hurt your credit. Now, a debt resolution program, also known as debt settlement, if you've been paying your bills on time and you begin to fall behind and you go into a settlement program, your score will decline. And that's important to know. However, Many people feel that they're protecting their credit score by continuing to make minimum payments and carry a huge debt load. And they need to know that one of the key factors that affects their credit score is the percentage of credit that they're using. So if they're maxed out on credit cards thinking they're protecting their credit score, it is a good idea to consider a resolution program, especially if you're facing the prospect potentially of bankruptcy, because in the end, you can get out of debt and then begin to rebuild credit on a solid footing. Well, what should they uh, do right now? What should people do? Anyone that wants to find out what a debt relief program could do for them can go online, 
click on the link here that we've provided to the viewers here and just find out what help is available. Just answering a few simple questions. What type of debt do you have? How much debt do you have? Are you facing a genuine hardship? And then you'll find out in a matter of moments, it's probably a two to three minute process, what relief is available to you, how much lower your payments could be, and how much you could be saving each month through a program. Is this private? Uh, is it private and safe? Is it secure? People are concerned about their privacy, you know. You know, that's a very, very good question. And it is private. It's 100% private. It's between you and the provider that you are asking to help you on your behalf. And those two parties, obviously, you have to let people know. You don't have to gather any of your bills because they can automatically be retrieved for you. There's no impact when you actually get a free evaluation on your credit. It has, because it's what's known as a soft credit pull to find out what your debts are and how much lower your payments could be. So it is private, it's secure, and people should feel comfortable and not, not be afraid that they can reach out for help and find out at least what a program could do for them. Now, so many people are afraid and you've taken the fright right out of it. Thanks so much, Walt, for this great information. And as Walt mentioned, click on the link and get started with fixing your situation right now. Thanks so much for being with us, Walt. Good to be with you, Carlos. Thank you. world gone crazy and one of our favorite musicians is back to talk about his new music made Adams is here hi how are you how's it going good to see you so um, I Likewise. love the concept of world gone crazy because I just feel it is so appropriate for 2020 it is I this song is really capturing the zeitgeist of, of what 2020 gave us, right? Like we all went into 2020, like, hey, this is our decade, we're gonna kill it. And then life had plans for all of us to adapt to this new environment. But for me, World Gone Crazy is reflective of the change to our environment. So when, when our environment changes around us, we have to adapt, right? And I think with the, the isolation that came from COVID, a lot of that was really reprioritizing what we do. So in many ways, World Gone Crazy is actually about love. It's about connection. It's about finding your inner circle and connecting in a deeper way. So even if it's not in person, like I'd love for us to be right now, it's the fact that it really helps us to find what those priorities are and build off of that. So it's really about love and, and connection. Well, I mean, which is very difficult, you know, or in a pandemic, right, in a 2020 where everybody is separated and you don't get that social interaction that you're normally used to. But I know that, you know, for artists, I would imagine that 2020 is a particularly a strange year for you in terms of your music and what you can and cannot do. So I'm wondering how this year other than this particular song how it has affected you as an artist yeah so I, I would say the the ability to pivot is really important right so I, I was doing live shows up until I think the last show was in that February March time frame and then um, obviously all of that got cut out immediately so the first thought process I had was what's in my control right and so that's to, to get in the studio and to make more music right so that there's more of a catalog um, so I've got 40 plus songs online right now. Um, over the next few months, you'll see that continue to build. But what's really beautiful is this was really a time to just say, okay, hey, life happened. What can I do about it, right? And so the beauty is if you don't have a hobby, now's the time to find that hobby. 
if you do have a, a passion, if you have something that you love to do, now is that time. So for, for me and my team, it was really just getting back in the studio and, and grinding out. So um, in a very constructive way, it's really just making use of this time for something um, artistically. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, yes, you lose the ability to do live shows, which I know you're great at and you love and like the energy of the crowd and the energy of your fans around yeah. you is always helpful and beneficial to artists. But I would also imagine oh, yeah. too, this like quiet time where you're away from everything else might also fuel a lot of creativity. Yeah, a lot of times when, when people go on on longer tours, they they lose that life experience, right? So there's been so many experiences bundled in the last six to nine months. And I think we could, you know, from, from the political to, to all the unrest that we've had, it's, it's a lot of uh, dialogue that has been opened up as a result of that. And so for that to inject into the music, to me, it's forward momentum, right? Like as, as artists, our goal is to be able to take those snapshots of what's happening in the world and capture that in music. But at the same time, um, find those moments to give that release as well, right? Like it's been a heavy year. So the world needs that that release as much as anything else. Totally. It has been a completely heavy year. I agree. Okay, so so now what's the rollout? So since you can't really go out and promote this and do live shows, what is the rollout for World Gone Crazy and the rest of your album? I know you, like you just said, you have a bunch of, uh, of music already stored on a catalog. So what's the plan? Yeah, so I mean, it's a backtrack. So, so we were on standby at, at South by Southwest. And there was this huge cancellation, of course, right leading up to, to COVID. And that was really like the, the reminder of, okay, hey, things are going to change for the next year. So um, I'm currently doing a one month rollout. So there's a single coming out every month leading up to the album, which will be in um, Q1 next year. But you guys will consistently see music in the meantime. So that's the fun part about this is, you know, the, the distributions out there. And then I think there will be a lot of live variations, a lot of extra content on the side, but it will be primarily online. And then lastly, I want to ask you, what role do you, has social media played for you and your fans in terms of, especially right now, being able to be connected to them, even though you can't be in person with them at a show? Yeah, it's priceless. I mean, the ability even to go live is, is incredible. So those live performances, but also connecting with, with my fan base on a more personal level, right? Like it's one thing for someone to hear your music, but to give context to that, for them to be able to dissect the lyrics, for them to be able to see the behind the scenes um, in the studio. There's another level with social media that I think a lot of people haven't fully tapped into, which is that authenticity. So yes, we can take the, the best moments, but let's take the real moments more importantly. And then lastly, people are going to be like, why is that bear got a mask on? What's happening back there? What's that bear about? <laughs> well, for uh, half the country, for some reason, they decide not to wear a mask. But uh, this is actually a, a part of the, the creative for World Gone Crazy as the, uh, the single cover. And I, I wanted to kind of poke at the idea of there was a heaviness, obviously, with the masks and COVID. Um, but I wanted to let people know, hey, you know, it's as crazy as the world is, you know, there's there's definitely an innocence and there's a goodness that comes from it. So um, what I want people to take away is really that positive message as much as anything else. Meta, good to see you. Good to see you. Congratulations on the, on the single. Um, and we look forward to new music for the rest of the year. How exciting is that? Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Talk to you later. Take care.
you know, a lot of people uh, say that they're dressing up to take the garbage cans out because they're so used to wearing sweats yeah. every single day. They don't ever dress up. I mean, I put on a nice shirt. Most of the time I'm in a t-shirt right. and shorts. Well, here's the thing is that all of this dressing down and wearing sweats is really hurting your work productivity, according to a bunch of new st studies. So basically, one in 10 people, according to this new study, has admitted to not wearing pants on a work <laughs> Zoom call. The no pants Zoom call. It's funny, you I was guys, watching- put some damn pants on. Put some pants on. I was watching, uh, what's, what, what's uh, Luke Corso's on that show, that ESPN pregame show? Uh, Lee Corso, yeah. yeah, and and uh, and one of the guys that well, one of the quarterbacks, I think it was Kurt Herbstreit, was doing his thing from his home, and so they had the setup for his home. And Lee says, "You're not wearing pants, are you? You're not wearing." And so he stood up, and sure enough, he's wearing orange shorts, white shirt, tie. He looked really dapper, you know, like the dapper guys sure. on ESPN, right? Sure. The shirt and cool tie and the whole pocket square. Shorts, yeah. flip-flops. I mean, everybody's doing it. I'm wearing shorts right now. I'm not well, going to show you, but I am. Yeah, I don't want to see it. I, I, I choose to not see it. However, I will tell you that there is a, a thought process in psycho among psychologists called, I wrote it down, enclosed cognition, which is when you wear clothes with certain associations, you take on those associations. So if you are, so the thought process is, if you're dressed up and you're doing your work, you're probably going to be more productive because your brain says, I'm dressed up, that means I'm in work mode. But if you're wearing no pants or you got your, you know, gray sweatpants on while you're doing work, your, your brain says. You're going to be Jeff Bridges. You're going to be the dude. <laughs> you're gonna be dude. You're gonna be you're drinking gonna be white the Russians. Dude all the time. White Russians on the couch. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, do not look at the stack of beer cans in the corner, man. Exactly. Um, some other funny things. Now, this, uh, by the way, this study was done in May, so it's right, right, recently. Fifty-four thousand yeah. people. Only three percent of remote workers admitted to wearing professional attire during work video calls three percent that's great 75 percent were wearing leggings sweatpants shorts or even pajamas um and then one in ten were wearing no pants well you're you're, you're big in tiktok and i'm telling you there's the tiktoks of these women getting dressed up and taking the garbage cans out are hilarious <laughs> or you know or, or washing their car in their and in their you know their evening wear and heels i'm wearing heels i'm walking i'm, I'm walking the dog and picking up poop in heels Some, <laughs> hey, they feel like just, they need to do that sometimes it just makes you feel better to dress up so put on some pants I know you're watching us on television, but put on some pants when you go to work tomorrow, okay? Yeah, I, I, I would, you know, on occasion I have put on a jacket and, and a tie just to feel a little more professional, but it feels weird being from home and dressing up like that. I, All right, whatever. I, All right, good luck. Well, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for watching. Uh, you can watch us anytime, of course, on beyond.tv. That's B-E-O-N-D dot TV. Thanks so much for watching and thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting us. This Beyond TV program is brought to you by CaliforniaDebtRelief.org.